Welcome to episode 249 of the Actual Astronomy Podcast. This is a short episode on the Constellation View binoculars or the super low power wide field binoculars that uh, have been out for the past many years. Um, I'm Chris, joining me is Shane. We're amateur astronomers who love looking up at the night sky, and this podcast is for anyone else who likes going out under the stars. And one of those people is human, Dave Chapman, who sent us this show idea. So we appreciate that. Uh, Dave Chapman is is also currently in Aquarius. Yes. Dim, dimly shining at magnitude 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He posted a photograph of this on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I think I think it was like one of the local, uh, might have been, I don't know. There, there's a local, oh yeah, you've got it there. Uh, the Robotic Observatory. Yeah. Ralph. Ralph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I think is at St. Mary's. So yeah, very ah, good. Yes. So cool. So yeah, so uh, neat idea. Um, again, I was like, oh, this probably couldn't be a whole show, but it could be a short show. Yeah, short binoculars, because they're not very long. No. Short, short show, because it's summertime. This yep. is all lining up, Chris. So what what are these uh, little constellation view binoculars, Shane? I, I call them that. I'm sort of giving them that general title. I, mean, I think that's yeah. just in general what people call them. Uh, so what are, what are these things? Well, so they're super low power. So, you know, most normal binoculars are the ones that you and I talk about a lot. We, we talk about like eight by 42s. So eight is the power. So eight times magnification, 42 would be the size of the, uh, objective, uh, you know, how much light, uh, gathering they have. Uh, so 42 millimeters in that case. So these, these constellation view binoculars are like, 1.5 by 40, you know, so the magnification is exceptionally low, like one and a half times to maybe three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the objective or the light gathering ability of these binoculars is kind of the same as a lot of the handheld binoculars we recommend around that 40 to 50 millimeter aperture. Um, so it's interesting because um, you have these exceptionally wide field of views when you use these binoculars, like you know, I would say what Chris, 15 to 30 degrees is kind of yeah. you know, in the range for a lot of these ones. Yeah, ex- exactly. But uh, the one thing I don't think I put in the notes is you don't really get the full benefit of the 40 millimeter, whatever the objective some, some of them are 50 and some of them are 42, but yeah. you don't get anywhere near close to that light gathering power. Um, you're only getting, um, you know, whatever, whatever it would be, depending on your eggs pupil. So if you did like a six millimeter eggs of pupil, maybe you're getting like around, I don't know, like a 20 millimeter aperture uh, advantage. So it's going to, going to be working like a one and a half or two by 20 millimeter binoculars. So mostly the, the added um, aperture isn't, isn't necessarily bringing in more light. It's just the design of them um, and sort of how, how they work to kind of maximize your, your low power, uh, exit people for whatever eyes uh, you have. Eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good comment. Yeah. I think in general, like the ones like generally they, they that have been listed over the years, um, they're typically listed as having about a 28 degree field of view, um, which can encompass things like uh, Cassiopeia. It mm-hmm. can encompass things like, I think uh, most of Hercules and, uh, basically a lot of the, uh, sort of medium sized constellations will fit inside the field of view of, uh, of these binoculars. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely incredible to use these things. 
you and I have referred to it as like bionic vision because yeah. you, you see such a wide swath of the sky, but now you have a little bit of optical aid to reveal, you know, a lot more of the dimmer stars and start to see, you know, greater detail or maybe greater, um, just greater detection of deep sky objects too. Um, it's just such a, it's such a neat way to experience the sky. Yeah. And, and it's unlike anything else I've experienced because binoculars typically have more power than that and narrower fields of views and then telescopes even more so. Um, so to be able to see something with such a wide field is just absolutely incredible. Yeah. So the original ones, I, I think from what I recall, and I just did some basic Googling around, but, but I have a fairly good recollection. I wanted a pair for a long time mm -hmm. um, or the owl, they're called an owl eye or the owl eyes. I think they were a Russian uh, design and supplied and uh, they were 2.3 by 40. It's, yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. And then what I did is I put together a bit of an overview. I, I couldn't, I forgot what one Dave has. Does, I, so the first one I put in are the Orion two by 54s and they yeah. seem to have the, the best reviews currently. Those yeah. might be the ones that Dave got. Yeah. Yeah. Vixen may have a pair too. I can't remember what their, their statistics were or specs on it, I guess, but, um, oh, but anyway, yeah, that's right. You, this is a pretty good list that you put together. There's, there's a number on here that I didn't even know existed. I'm going to add the Vixen constellation view. I'm going to see, see what those ones are. If I can get them. Yeah, here they are. The yeah. Vixen are a 2.1 by 42. And I'm going to, I'm going to add oh, those yes. in here right, right now, but they really, the Vixen ones really look like, yeah, they look pretty good. Yeah. Here we go. I don't know if they're still in production or not, but I'm, I'm just going to put a, put a link to a review. Yeah. On the, uh, yeah. the, the Vixens were the ones that I looked into a lot, uh, a number of years ago. The, uh, and, and a lot of the reviewers talked about the, like the edge degradation that they're not sharp all the way to the edge. I'm, I'm not, I don't remember what percentage of the field starts to get soft, but, um, I, I think that in, in general, a number of these super wide field binoculars do suffer from that. Yeah. Like I said, um, from what I've read and I haven't looked through them, the Orion two by 54s, they seem to get the best reviews. Okay. Then um, you mentioned, and I, for some reason, forgot the Vixen 2.1 by 42. There's a SV Boney 2.1 mm -hmm. by 42, which have filter threads. That's super cool. Although that I guess is, you need two filters. <laughs> you would need two filters. You would need two filters, but I think that that is, is cool. And the SV Boney ones are, uh, are pretty affordably priced from what I was able to, uh, to determine. There, this one is kind of neat. It's the Astro Hutech. It's a 1.8 by 40. There's the Kasai Wide Bino, which really looks like the OG. It looks like the Owl Eye one, yep. and it's 2.3 by 40. And then, due to all the popularity of this, and that some people just always have to have the biggest whatever it always seems in astronomy. Like, <laughs> if you're going for small binoculars, there's some jerk out there that needs to have the slightly more powerful ones, the biggest and best <laughs> low power binocular, I guess. So they, they produced a three by 50, which only has 17 degree field of view. I think that one is kind of a bit of a, mm, 
um, because it doesn't, I think like you can get a 13 degree binocular if you look around on eBay and uh, that's going to be like a seven by 35. So I think that that's too close to like a regular binocular. So I think it's, I think that's like an outliner. Um, Yeah. And then one thing I didn't put this in my list of stuff, but you can also get like headgear. It's like uh, some sort of weird headband mount or something like goggle mount. And you can actually mount them right in front of your eyes. So you can just sort of walk around with these. These seem like a trip hazard though. Well, and I think, I think there's a, like a, an option or a version out there where you can kind of flip them up as well. That's right. Yeah. That's the same thing. I think I'm, I'm thinking of, I didn't really go and grab the link or anything, but that seems a bit, uh, a bit extra. Um, let's see, but you and I, we, we didn't go that route though. We went our own, we went our own path. Thanks to our friend Randall. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I'm obviously biased, but, um, you've heard me complain a lot, Chris, uh, more so with telescopes. But you even do some complain. Of, no, yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Shane I, does not complain very much. <laughs> ask my wife. <laughs> um, the, uh, what, what drives me nuts with any like view through binoculars or telescopes is edge, edge softening. Like when the field of view on yeah. the edges starts to get soft, I just say, why even have a wide field if it's not sharp to the end, like mask it down. It makes no sense to me. And that's the number one reason why I, why I never bought any of these binoculars in the past, because I just, you know, it it would frustrate me and I know it. Um, What blows my mind with the ones you and I built um, is that they are basically sharp right to the edge. Like they're phenomenally good. And it really didn't cost us that much. No, what, and, and, you know, I know that I, I contributed financially to the project, but that's sort of the, and, and I've used them, but that's sort of my extent. Where they, and I know they came from parts from the Nikon Coolpix because I actually owned the Coolpix. That was my first digital camera, but it was like the, uh, they were focal reducers, right? Is that what they were? They were no like extenders, fo- I think. Focal extenders. I couldn't remember. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know astrophotography or photography, so I couldn't remember. But yeah, so there were focal extenders for the Nikon cool picks 950 i think is is what they were for yeah 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 and i don't know if you can find them a teleconverter is what they are oh that's teleconverter and um uh yeah they so this was um gosh this would have to be what chris three to five years ago around around or more this this was probably six to eight years ago, my friend. Okay. Okay. <laughs> At that time, you could find these tele-extenders on eBay and they were just sort of floating around. Um, Cheap. Yeah. Uh, but now I don't think it's that easy to find them. Yeah. And I, I think they're actually, because of the rarity now, they might be worth a few more dollars, but if you can find them, um, yeah, they're just so good. So phenomenal. Yeah. I've even seen like people that have built them and then sold them, but uh Basically, mm-hmm. what you do is you get a couple of these uh, teleconverters, and then uh, you need to get the maker files. Like Randall had sent us the maker files. I don't think I still have it, but uh, if you search on Cloudy Nights um, binocular forum or DIY forum or whatever, you, you can find them. And uh, you just, uh, you, I think you get your brother or somebody to uh, to do the 3D printing for us. Is that, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Yeah, that is right. Yeah, and so somebody needs to print off the housings, and then you glue them into the housings and uh, put a hinge. There's a hinge, and you just need to put a threaded nut and bolt in there. And uh, 
And then the toughest part is finding the damn eye caps or cups because um, otherwise you're just sort of pressing your, your glasses either against the end of the um, focal extenders or, or the plastic and it's not very comfortable. But uh, I had a pair of old um, cheap binocular Celestrone 7x21 Outlanders or something like that that I wanted a star party, a Kobau star party. And, uh, and I just popped those off and, and they fit, uh, they fit perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I just, uh, I went to a hardware store. Uh, I purchased some O-rings and yeah. I just glued the O-rings <laughs> onto the, uh, teleconverter just so that I could put my glasses against it and, yeah. uh, not scratch my glasses. Cause it is a kind of a metal finishing there. And it works perfectly, you know, like it, it doesn't really cut down on the eye relief because there's not much eye relief on these things, but it is okay with glasses. Um, yeah, it just, it's perfect. So I'm a hundred percent wrong. These things are still dirt cheap. You can buy oh, these are. like for okay. $25, it looks like go. 25 US dollars. The, the, what you would look for, it's a, the Nikon TC. So T is in Tom, C is in Charlie dash E2, E is in Edward two. So TCE2. And, uh, you get two of those and then the maker files that you referenced, Chris, and you can make yourself a pair of these quite easily. Yeah. And it wasn't too bad. Like, and you can even like, you don't need to get a 3d printer. You can either use one of the library or you mm -hmm. can just, there there's online services you can send away for and it's pretty inexpensive. And then you would get the pieces back and then you just like, like you just put a, whatever the screw is, you just get one of these little screws and they just, they just screw, uh, screw together but for me anyway like in in using them um these ones to my eye with my eyeglasses and that is the the thing that surprised me the most is i expected my eyeglasses not to work with them mm -hmm. um and i was wrong with these ones you can use eyeglasses and i only lose about three degrees so um which might sound like a lot and it would be if you're using like an eight degree field of a view binocular and you were down to like uh five degrees that would suck but i went from uh the massive expanse of 28 degrees uh stated spec to around 24 or 25 degrees um so you, you really don't lose uh a huge percentage of the field by uh, by using your binoculars with your glasses uh with with this set anyway it's it's fantastic yeah yeah they uh they really are uh quite incredible and it 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 really breaks like one of the like what i thought was like a, a law of physics with optics like you know there's there's three things on the pillar you know you've got wide field of view you've got eye relief and you've got field sharpness and yeah. sort of like pick your two you can't have all three um, yeah but this seems to have all three <laughs> it does yeah it they're they're very very good and uh yeah yeah it's all yeah it's all good there um yeah. So I've really enjoyed using mine. Uh, how about you, Shane? Yeah, they're great. Um, now, you know, I'm not sure I've not really used them like in my backyard under light pollution. Um, I, I think that they would be kind of interesting in any sky, but where they really, really stand out is if you can get to like that mortal one sky or, you know, as dark as you can, that's when these things really, really shine. Yeah, like I've taken them down to grasslands a few times and and scanned around down there. To be honest, though, I thought I would use them more than I have. Mm -hmm. um, but I have used them and I've had a blast when I've used them. Like 
few times I've taken them like just over to like uh, a nearby dark site and like the conservation area when we're, Oh, it got clear. It wasn't supposed to get clear. And then I've kind of just sort of scanned around the sky with them, um, taken them to grasslands a few times, just headed in my kit when I'm out observing and, and threw them to the night sky. Actually, one of the lenses has become loose. I need to, to re-glue it. So I just kind of been lazy about doing that. But mm. uh, yeah, personally, I think I would be reluctant to spend the new prices that, that you see um, new ones being sold by branded companies. And because I feel like the reviews on the, the ones that you buy um, sort of prepackaged branded um, don't seem to have all the qualities like you and I list as being critical for, for good optics. I, I think this is one of those rare instances where, where I would go out and say, um, build your own. If you're interested in this, go and make your own because it's probably going to be uh, less expensive. You're probably going to spend about as much as you would on the absolute cheapest constellation view binoculars. I think it's a, it's a fun project. I think it's a pretty easy project to, uh, to accomplish. You're using some neat technology like 3d printing and that sort of thing. It's going to take you a little while. Like we did it during the winter and then, um, you know, kind of started it around Christmas or something like that. We're all set to go by the time spring rolled around. So sort of like a fun wintertime project to do. Mm-hmm. And then when spring rolled around, like I was like, oh, I'll be like out in my backyard scanning around binoculars. And it was like, it's not like you've, you know, suddenly gone from just being in a light polluted suburban backyard to a dark sky site, but you could definitely see a lot more with them from the dark sky site. And that was fun. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned like they are quite small, so they can fit inside the kit quite easily. Oh yeah. They are a little bit of a novelty, you know? Yeah. Um, you, like, at least for me, I'm not going to do extensive observing probably with them, but uh, when I do bring them, I really enjoy them and I yeah. use them. And I That's remember fun. one night in particular, Chris, I think it was the first night we brought them uh, to the grasslands. So super dark sky. Uh, I think that first night we didn't use any other optics. I think you and I just sat in our chairs yeah. and panned around with these yeah. things and it was just an incredible evening. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's just, it is that it's sort of like one of those things that, that to have that evening, like, I feel like everybody should have that evening, but kind of after, after we really exhausted ourselves and the optic that night, I kind of had had the experience or something and I haven't, never really gone back to them and spent like a whole evening with them before, but I have, like I said, taken them out to the mm-hmm. conservation area and I had kind of have tooled around with them from, from time to time, uh, looking at different things or they're, they're just like, they fit in my pocket. Right. I even had like, a I forget what I had. I had like some sort of little case or I, or I bought a case at like a drugstore or something that they fit in perfectly. So, you know, I, I can put it on my belt loop or I can put it in a, in a, you know, just a hand pocket of a coat. So they are that portable, which is kind of cool to have an optic that that has such a wide field of view. But basically what they are is they're kind of like opera glasses for astronomy. Um, and yeah, I kind of had wished I'd taken them with me to to the grasslands the last time. Next time I go down, I, I think we should take them and sort of have a, have a redo on uh, on using them. I think they're mm-hmm. well worth it for somebody to go and, and make a set. I just don't think it's one of those things where you need to go out and necessarily... Um, buy them now. Some people do, of, of course. That's why I think Dave bought his. I think he bought the Orions. Like I said, I've heard the Orions have have the best reviews and uh, have really good. I, the one thing I hear that the Orions do well is that they have um, really good coatings and that sort of thing. So there was part of me that was kind of attracted to that, but at the same time, 
kind of like, well, it's not something, it's not like going to be my workhorse optic, right? Mm-hmm. So do I really need to have like the best coatings and blah, blah, blah? Meh, probably not. Um, I'm probably okay considering I, I don't really use them all that much. Uh, but when I use them there, they're a lot of fun. But yeah, I think if somebody was going to go buy them, there's there's that path. But I think if I didn't wear eyeglasses and I wasn't as concerned and I wanted to save a few bucks, I might be uh, interested in the SV Boney because you can thread filters under those. And I feel like that's a, that's a pretty good novelty. I think some of the other ones you can as well. Uh, there's an Astro Hutech one, I think you can. And you know that there's a few different makes and models of them, which is kind of which is kind of like amazing in a way. Uh, but you can spend anywhere from around like $150 Canadian all the way up to like $500 Canadian on these things. So um, I got to say, I don't think I would spend $500 Canadian on them. Mm-hmm. I think they are more like a $150 item, at least at least for me. At least for me. I don't know about you, but uh, they're fun, but they're not like... I, I don't know that if if I bought like the best ones... I'd be like, ooh, these ones are killer, right? I just think that I think the design is what the design is. They're just a Galilean type design and it's it's gonna work for you or it's not. And yeah. I think you're gonna you're gonna really get a get a big jump um no matter how you're using them. I and I think the three by three by fifties are a little bit ridiculous, but anyway, that's my <laughs> that's my thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're super fun. Uh I'm kind of with you. I don't think I would spend a lot of like knowing what I know now and yeah. seeing how I use it, I don't think I would spend a lot on them, but at yeah. the same time, you know me, I buy and sell a ton of gear. I'm not selling these. Yeah. I'm keeping I wouldn't these. sell them. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like they're it's phenomenal. Like, like they're super yeah. fun and I love having them. Yeah, like the three times a year I use them, it's a blast. And yeah. uh and and then and then that's it, right? And considering like we've we don't have a lot of money invested in these, they end up being like a hundred bucks each or something, uh, Canadian. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they're just fun to use. And uh, yeah, it's all it's all good. So that's kind of our sort of review of the Constellation View binoculars. Um, like Dave got his and then wrote and said, "Oh, you should do an episode on these," but he didn't send us much of his impressions of them. So I'm hoping he does that. And if anybody else out there wants to send us their impressions. Um, we'd be happy to receive your constellation uh, view binocular observing reports or any other observing reports to actualastronomy at gmail.com. Shane, do you have anything left to add to this episode? No, that is everything. All right. Well, thanks, Shane. Thanks again for everybody for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the show. If you are interested in more information, would like to contact us, or if you would like to support the podcast, check out our website, actualastronomy.com.